From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today, we look at the benefits of teacher coaching and a new study using mixed reality simulations to help pre-service teachers practice and demonstrate skills. So the technology is pretty interesting. It's a virtual platform with, in this case, five student avatars, and they move and respond in kind of real time. Those student avatars are, in fact, controlled by an actor, a real person, who works in a remote setting and responds, you know, in the moment to candidates as they're practicing. We welcome the University of Virginia's Julia Jackson-Cohen, co-author of the study, which set out to examine the impacts of teacher coaching on skills like classroom management. Cohen discusses her team's findings and their potential implications for teacher education during and following the COVID-19 pandemic. I think it's particularly salient in this current moment. So we can give pre-service teachers practice and coaching from a distance. So all of the work in this study, it was done over Zoom. And we see that these kinds of online experiences that they can kind of pay off down the road. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keith Miller, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Julia Jackson-Cohen, Assistant Professor of Curriculum, Instruction, and Special Education at the University of Virginia's Curry School of Education. Thanks so much for joining us, Julie. Thanks for having me. So today we're discussing your new study, which was co-authored with Vivian Wong, Anandita Krishnamachari, and Rebecca Berlin, titled Teacher Coaching in a Simulated Environment. That was recently published in Educational Evaluation and Policy Analysis, and it takes a new look at the impacts of coaching on skill development and teacher perceptions among students in teacher preparation programs. Uh, Uniquely, your team used mixed reality simulations to allow participants to both practice and demonstrate those outcomes. To start, what was it that drew you to, to this line of research? Did we know anything about the use of mixed reality in settings like these prior to beginning your work? So I really came to this work as a former teacher and a current teacher educator. And when I was learning to teach I felt like a lot of the time I was practicing on real students, learning all of these really important lessons on the job. And at the same time, when I was a teacher and a pre-service teacher, I got really little targeted feedback or coaching on how to do things better. So often I felt like I was having to make sense of these kind of on-the-job experiences on my own. And sometimes I felt like I was getting better with practice and with kind of reflection But there were a lot of times where I felt like I needed more explicit coaching on how to do things differently and support my students more. And so in some very fundamental way, I felt like I wanted to pursue a research career in teacher education based on these experiences. I wanted to know how we could use pre-service teacher preparation as effectively and efficiently as possible to help people get better to do this really important and complex work in a short amount of time. But now that I'm a teacher educator, I teach methods courses that are connected to clinical experiences, and I have 75 students in any semester, and it's just impossible for me to get into all of their placements to know where each of them is struggling and how to actually give them the kind of targeted support and feedback that they need to improve. And I think a lot of times in teacher education, we delegate that responsibility to mentor teachers 
And we know that those people are variable in their own skills and their own ability to coach our candidates. So for me, the simulator was this really powerful opportunity to see whether or not we could bring some of those kind of on-the-job learning and coaching experiences into the university setting so that we could give our candidates kinds of experiences practicing the things they were going to need with real students and have expert teacher educators actually give them coaching and feedback on the work. So the simulator for me was the space where we could practice and study the effects of different ways of supporting teacher development over time. And then in terms of what we know about mixed reality simulations, when Vivian Wong and I started doing this work four years ago, we knew that dozens of programs were using this technology. And we knew that teacher candidates saw it as kind of useful and authentic practice. But we knew next to nothing about how to kind of maximize the efficiency and the effectiveness of those practice experiences. So that was what really drew us to the work to be able to test using really rigorous research methods, whether or not we could get people better more quickly using direct coaching to support their practice. So could you maybe give us an overview of uh, how the simulator works and your approach to this study? Um, how many teachers were involved and how did you go about coaching them and assessing their growth? So the technology is pretty interesting. It's a virtual platform with, in this case, five student avatars, and they move and respond in kind of real time. Um, and it's called mixed reality because those student avatars are, in fact, controlled by an actor, a real person who works in a remote setting and, and responds, you know, in the moment to candidates as they're practicing. And in this particular study, we were working with 105 pre-service teachers, all of whom had this really intensive kind of curriculum of simulations that was built in across their teacher ed experiences. And the idea for us was that we wanted these practice sessions, these simulation sessions, to be extensions of the ideas and theories they were learning in their courses, not kind of discrete standalone experiences. So in this particular study, all of our pre-service teachers, the 105 candidates, were enrolled in classroom management, a kind of standard teacher prep course at this time. And they were learning about responsive classroom, which is a common classroom management technique that's used in the local schools um, in the area in which this program is situated. And the simulation scenario was focused on um, a really common classroom management challenge, which is redirecting off-task student behavior. We know that this is something that new teachers really struggle with, that it's something they wish they got more of in teacher prep. And so the simulation was giving them a chance to actually put some of these responsive classroom techniques that they were learning about to work in this classroom of student avatars. And so the central kind of focal point of our research design was to randomly assign the candidates to one of three conditions. The first was that they would practice doing this redirection scenario and then get a redirection kind of reflection sheet between the sessions, asking them, what did you think you did well? What did you want to do differently next time? A third of the group got kind of face-to-face -face coaching, where we had expert teacher educators who had experience doing this kind of coaching work, give candidates much more explicit feedback on what they did. So three things that we saw you do well, three things that you could improve on, three strategies to use next time. And the final third got a kind of double dose of coaching. They got bug in the air or real time coaching during the first simulation session. So they got kind of in the moment prompts 
on redirection. Then they got the face-to-face coaching after the session. And so in this way, candidates were both practicing and also using the simulation session as a standardized assessment platform. So we knew all of the candidates had the exact same opportunities to redirect and we're able to track their skill development over time to see if coaching made a difference. And your team came away with some significant findings, including that uh, those skills that you were just discussing can indeed improve with coaching rather than uh, solely with on-the-job experience. Could you walk us through what you learned? Sure. So we were excited by what we learned, which was that the candidates who received both types of coaching So those who got face-to-face only and those who got the bug in the ear support and the face-to-face, that they improved much, much more, significantly more than those who were only self-reflecting between the simulation sessions. And we coded all of those simulation sessions using a kind of wide range of rubrics um, that were reliable and and used by trained raters. And, And we saw these coaching effects across the succinctness of their redirection, the specificity of their redirection, the timeliness of their redirection. And so this was really consistent with our theory, which was that targeted coaching would improve teaching more efficiently and more effectively than than self-reflection alone. And we were also really interested in that we saw that there were coaching effects not only on what candidates could do in terms of their observable redirection skills, but also in their perceptions of the student avatar's behavior. So those who were coached, they rated this off-task behavior at the same level of severity throughout the experiment. So when they're getting coaching, they see the student avatar's behavior as the same across the study. They were also consistent in terms of their willingness to endorse punitive next steps for the avatar based on the behavior. So saying things like they might consider suspending this student based on what they saw in this scenario. And just to be clear, this was pretty mild off-task behavior, something that an experienced teacher would likely not consider suspending a student for. And in contrast, the group that just self-reflected that didn't get coaching, they started to see this exact same behavior as increasingly problematic at times. So they were more likely to endorse these kind of punitive options for this avatar, such as suspension, over the course of the study. And so... To be clear, like in this way, we saw that reflection wasn't just neutral. We saw these negative shifts in how candidates perceived student behavior over time when they didn't get coaching and outside support. I would imagine that many districts, policymakers, teacher education programs, all of whom uh, are trying to make the most of scarce resources and better prepare candidates for the classroom right now, would be pretty interested in your work here. So what do you think the big takeaways of the study might be? Yeah, so there are a couple. The first is that I think we have this idea in teacher education that repeated practice is the way to get people better. And I think we really are challenging that assumption in this study, that self-reflection alone is not going to help people improve, and that in fact, it might over time lead to these negative, increasingly negative perceptions of kids and their behavior. So we see that this kind of external support, this kind of low dose coaching can make a huge difference. So if you're thinking about a teacher ed program, most of these programs are typically very short. Programs are trying to figure out what's the way to kind of maximize the time they have with candidates. And what I would argue based on what we learned here is that figuring out opportunities to get people feedback on what they're doing 
and give them really directive coaching as much as possible can pay dividends. And that focusing less on giving them kind of extended opportunities, but making the most of those opportunities to practice, that that's what's going to like pay off down the road. And that we see that these simulation sessions have a lot of power as both a practice space and a coaching platform and an opportunity to kind of assess candidates' progress over time in ways that we just haven't been able to do in teacher prep up until this point. So the ability for our program to be able to see how candidates are developing using this kind of standardized platform, I think has a lot of utility for programs wanting to understand if they're making kind of a value-added contribution to candidate skill development. I also think that we see in our study that management skills don't have to be learned on the job. And there are many, many teacher ed programs that don't even include classroom management courses that really see classroom management as kind of the purview of clinical placements, student teaching placements, and see mentor teachers as the central figures who are going to teach new pre-service teachers how to engage in high-quality, supportive, responsive classroom management practices. And what we see is that we can do this in a university-based course, that we can help candidates get better at these really important skills in a pretty short and efficient way. So in thinking about you know the design of programs moving forward, I hope that the teacher ed programs will see that they can and that they should think about ways to help develop these kinds of really important skills in pre-service teachers. And my final question is, um, do you think that there are opportunities here for future research, either for you and your team or for others who are working in this area? Yeah, so I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it's particularly salient in this current moment. So we can give pre-service teachers practice and coaching from a distance. So all of the work in this study, it was done over Zoom. And we see that these kinds of online experiences that they can kind of pay off down the road. And so I think that that as more programs are moving into online models right now and thinking about how we can support people in learning how to teach from a distance, perhaps without access to real classrooms and clinical experiences, certainly, you know, in the upcoming summer, I think that there are tons of opportunities to learn more about how we can support people in doing this work. This study that is published in EPA is part of a kind of broader body of work that we're doing at UVA. And my collaborator in this work is Vivian Wong, who's an amazing methodologist who focuses on replication. So a lot of these studies focus on issues of replication. And again, as more programs move to online platforms, we have more opportunities to kind of replicate and understand the degree to which and ways in which these kinds of findings will replicate. So we're trying to understand just coaching and the kinds of large effects we see here. Does it replicate in other kinds of simulations, including content-focused skills. So when I've presented this work, people say, well, maybe it's just easier to coach people on classroom management than on something like facilitating a text-based discussion or eliciting student ideas in math. And so these are things we can actually test empirically and see if we can get these same kind of coaching effects in different kinds of simulations. We're also trying to understand if this kind of skill development replicates or translates into classroom teaching in both the short and long-term. And we do have some promising early findings on that, that some of these coaching effects do seem to persist when candidates are working in real classrooms with real kids. 
And then finally, we really want to know whether or not this kind of model and these kinds of effects replicate in other teacher prep programs. So whether or not you see these same kind of large coaching effects in alternative route programs, for example, or in much larger regional teacher prep programs. So that's all work that we're kind of undertaking right now. At the same time, we're trying to understand a lot of additional questions such as when is simulation most helpful? Are there specific kinds of skills that improve more rapidly? And all of this is in service of trying to develop a much more empirically based scope and sequence for teacher preparation programs. So for decades, we've been designing programs based on intuition and anecdote rather than empirical evidence. And so the work is really in service of that, ultimately, to try to understand how we can be more targeted in the way we structure teacher preparation experiences. And then thinking about what kinds of supports we can provide at different points that, again, improve practice for the long term. So something we're currently studying is whether or not peers can do the same kind of coaching and lead to the same kind of effects that we observe in this study. So we use peer feedback a lot in teacher preparation, but there's not a lot of rigorous research to see whether or not it actually works or helps people get better. So again, the simulation is kind of this really flexible platform that lets us study a lot of things. So that's one of the things we're studying is whether peers can give good feedback. And then finally, and what I'm most excited about is to really understand if we can provide much more targeted and individualized support to teacher candidates based on what we observe in the simulation. So tracking people over time in these standardized ways lets us see much more clearly what people need. And so if we can identify those needs and then give people really customized support based on those observed needs, can we see even bigger improvements down the road? So trying to move away from this kind of really common one-size-fits-all model to something that's much more flexible and adaptive and based on what people need in order to grow and support kids. Well, this certainly is fascinating work, Julie. And again, I want to encourage all of our listeners who may be interested to read the full study. It's titled Teacher Coaching in a Simulated Environment, and it was recently published in Educational Evaluation and Policy Analysis. Julia Jackson-Cohen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes or to subscribe to the series, you can find us at researchminutes.org. To share thoughts on today's episode or to suggest future topics, you can find us on Twitter at CPRI Hub. That's C-P-R-E Hub.